Welcome to the first interview on Let the Queens Be. I am so excited today. This is my very first interview and it is going to be with my daughter. This podcast is here to motivate all the magnificent queens out there to share your gifts and talents with the world. So we want to bring you powerful interviews, moments of inspiration, and lots of support. So please join us every week uh, for a new interview and every day for a daily dose of inspiration. It's just a minute or two of wisdom from women around the world and across the generations that will motivate you and inspire you to take your gifts and monetize them, um, create a business, and to really just be the best person that you can be. So uh, let's go on and get started. Again, I am so excited to have as my very first guest, my own daughter, Carrie Griffin. She is a wonderful mother, wife, daughter, sister, an extraordinary friend, a businesswoman, and volunteer who has persevered through many challenges in building her own businesses um, and in life in general. Um, And those inevitable ups and downs she has faced with tenacity has gotten back up and just continues to create businesses and opportunities for everyone else and, and to serve her family and all of us. So I am so glad to be able to bring her to this queendom um, and share her story uh, of how she has been able to persevere and create her own business. So Carrie, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be your first guest speaker on this awesome platform. Can't wait to share my experiences. So let's start doing that. Tell us about um, what, when, and where, and how did you start your first business? Well, I've always had um, an entrepreneurial spirit. I'm sure I got that from you. And uh, way back when I was much younger, um, my brother David and I uh, started washing our neighbor's cars. And then I started a babysitting service, which grew pretty quickly. I started babysitting one uh, cathedral family and it just kind of spread from that. Um, And then I uh, sold on eBay. I was selling designer handbags and accessories. And then at one point I was selling uh, reimagined baby dolls. (laughs) So I've kind of done, dabbled in quite a few things. Absolutely. So you mentioned that um, your your first babysitting business, um, you started Cathedral was the school you were attending. And um, so how do you think, what was important about the business growing from Cathedral? Was it your consistency of of being there for the parents when you said you would be there? Um, How you delivered your babysitting service? Um, Why do you think your business grew? 
I absolutely think it had a lot to do with me being consistent. Whenever anyone would ask, I pretty much would always say yes. I don't remember ever saying no. So it turned into a pretty much every weekend, Friday and Saturday, I was babysitting for someone. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I was I was consistent. I was there. I was always on time. You know, I was really good with the kids, which obviously, uh, you know, moved on over into uh, me being in childcare, but I was really good with the kids and the families like me. And so um, I certainly enjoyed it. And I, I think I did it up until I was about 20. I think my last uh, babysitting kiddos was when I was in college, uh, Miles and Marsaw. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. From church. Mm -hmm. Very good. So yeah, being able to um, count on someone, that dependability um, seems to be consistent across the board, regardless of what type of businesses it is. Um, having that dependability seems to be a, a key factor um, in success. Absolutely. So what, uh, what made you shift to a home daycare? Of course, I have a little bit of inside knowledge being your mother, <laughs> so that kind of helps navigate this conversation. Um, right. So, and, and you mentioned, you know, your home daycare. What made you shift to a home daycare? Well, I was, uh, I had stopped working um, once, I believe True. When I was pregnant with True, I pretty much stopped working and I had always been used to working and making my own money, having my own money. And after, you know, all the kids were toddlers I started to kind of get that itch to work again and get get back out there and I was trying to think of something that I could do uh, where I could still be available and be there for the kids and so that's where the home daycare uh, idea came from you know I was like I had toys I had time and I had space and so it just kind of felt like the natural thing to do plus the you know cam could still come and hang out with uh, the kiddos so it was it was definitely a natural progression I felt um, and a funny story is Keith did not know uh, that I had initially even had the idea it was just like one day someone just showed up at the house and he was like uh who is this and uh you know I was like oh by the way I'm starting a daycare and I knew initially he wouldn't be super excited about it and he wasn't but eventually uh he he got on board and you know he was one of the biggest supporters for me expanding and then he joined on so uh yeah it's definitely been a fun ride Great. So let's introduce the audience to some of the names you'll probably be referring throughout the, the uh, referring <laughs> to throughout the um, interview. So Keith would be your husband <laughs> and Trill. <laughs> Trill is Keith the third. He is our oldest and uh, our son. He's now a sophomore uh, in, at Blue Springs High School. Right. And then there is also the other two, the, the two other stair steps that wrap up the, uh, the trio. Karis, Karis and Cameron, and they are both Gage gymnasts, uh, which is the reason we moved out to uh, Blue Springs. Okay, awesome. So thank you for that introduction of, of your, your beautiful family. If, if I <laughs> You're <say> welcome. So. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> What were the best tools you used for expanding the daycare um, and growing your business um, as a home daycare and then eventually into an actual Montessori preschool? Absolutely. Um, one of the things, and again, it started with, you know, my mindset when I was 
um, you know, had a babysitting business is that, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was always there. I was always consistent. I did not close. Even when I had pneumonia, uh, I just <laughs> powered through for those two weeks and that was incredibly difficult, but it was, you know, making sure that I was always there, making sure I was friendly, fair, consistent. Um, I believe one time I had jury duty and I, I remember that being one of the only times that I, I had no other option but to close because I had gotten out of jury duty a couple other times and I knew that I wouldn't be able to get it out again. But for years, I just, I never closed. I was always open um, and friendly and consistent. And I, and I treated all of the families like I would want to be treated and how I would want someone to treat uh, my children. Mm, very key. And, and it's such a simple um, trick of the trade is, and, and in life in general, to treat people the way you want to be treated. That's very key to um, building a successful business. Um, so did you advertise? How did you find your families? So initially I did advertise on Craigslist back in the day, if you can believe some of my first families came from uh, advertising on Craigslist. Um, and it, it was kind of crazy because during that time, I, I believe the, the that Craigslist situation was going on. So it was kind of scary to advertise there people coming to my home and you know really at that time no one really knew what they were going to get when they responded to an ad mm -hmm. um, so I was very lucky to uh, meet some great great families from Craigslist and then from that it was just a lot of word of mouth we did uh, put some money into advertising um, further down the line but initially it was literally Craigslist and uh, word of mouth that was it great you know, I'm glad you brought up Craigslist. Um, I'm sure that there are listeners out there who may have never heard of Craigslist um, or some who may have forgotten it or would not think of it as a place where they can actually attract customers or use it um, as a source of additional income. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, so were there any things that you tried um, that didn't work? Um, as far as advertising, um, yeah, there were some times that, you know, we spent quite a bit of money on Facebook ads and different things like that. Um, and one of the things that I noticed, even though Facebook is a is a great place to um, keep up with your friends, catch up with friends and family, um, a lot of times I think the algorithm, you don't always, you're not, I think they try to, you know, pinpoint your, your uh, niche market, but initially um, I felt like we were not always getting um, we were not always getting the people that we were wanting. Like for instance, like an ad would be seen in a different state and someone might call from a different state. So I would say that was one of the things that didn't work. Um, but it, so far, I mean, everything pretty much went <laughs> as planned as far as uh, advertising and getting kids. That that part really was not, uh, was not difficult. It just really took time to build our reputation. And at that point it was, uh, it just, kind of <laughs> grew from there just from mm -hmm. our reputation and what about communicating with your parents um what worked there what didn't work um as far as you know being able to convey information to them or handling situations um what worked as far as communication there what did you find was the best way to communicate uh -huh. with your parents 
Sure. So initially it was everyone just had my personal cell phone. And after a while, uh, you know, Keith asked me to kind of step back from, you know, answering calls and text messages of, you know, at all hours of the day or basically in the evening when we're, you know, supposed to be having family time because depending on how the conversation would go, my, my evening might be ruined. And then, of course, everyone else feels it. Um, so I, I definitely tried to make sure that I had the best communication, but over time it just, it was important to me to make sure that I set a boundaries to say, okay, I'm only going to respond to emails and phone calls and text messages during business hours. And that's something that I, to this day, I'm now making sure that I'm a little bit more cognizant of and not just constantly, constantly working and being available for everyone all the time. Exactly. You know, this would probably be a good point to one say happy anniversary again. You and Keith just celebrated 16 years of marriage. So you have actually navigated all of this business building um, while, you know, building your own marriage and your family, um, raising three children at the same time. So that's, you know, not only um, you know, a possibility and a phenomenal accomplishment. But it's something that can be done. Lots of work, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, lots of work. Uh, it, it can be done. It definitely was not easy. I mean, I can pretty much look back on every single day of the past 10, uh, 12 years of all these different businesses. And I can remember vividly every single trial, tribulation. <laughs> um, I can remember them all. I mean, it, it definitely keeps me humble. It keeps me hungry. Um, but I, I remember all of those things and we definitely did go through that together. Um, right now it makes it a lot easier just because we have been through so many, uh, trials, uh, in business, which of course, obviously, you know, when your uh, spouse is your business partner, that also then can spill over into the home. But I feel like at this point we've, we've figured out how to work together, how to navigate through uh, difficult experiences together. And uh, I think that was one of the, the things that I'm most proud of with us uh, sticking with it because there was definitely times I was like, ah, you know, this is this is a little bit, <laughs> bit more than I uh, anticipated. So, um, but at this point, you know, things are much easier, but it definitely took time and it was not easy, no. I am sure it wasn't. Um, I want to step back just a little bit now and focus again on the advertising and just make a statement. I remember when I first opened my law practice and I had been approached by um, the Yellow Pages and initially, which so some listeners may have no idea what the Yellow Pages are, but <laughs> it was a book with pages in it and it listed telephone numbers. And Major book. <laughs> exactly. Categories of businesses. <laughs> at one point, it was pretty much the only way that you found a telephone number other than yes. calling uh, 411. Um, and initially, you know, I, of course, as a new business, I didn't have a lot of excess money to pay for a Yellow Page ad. But after several years, um, this one particular saleswoman really convinced me to do it. And it worked out wonderfully for me. And it was interesting. And this is the point that I want to make is that um, a chiropractor that I was working with um, in conjunction with my personal injury clients, he had also taken out an even larger yellow page ad and it did not work for him at all. 
And I only say this because I want people to understand that if one thing doesn't work, it doesn't mean that everything is not going to work. It's not necessarily about your business or the appearance or or whatever it may be, uh, but don't give up on, you know, continuing to seek out other means of, of advertising and, and getting the word out because, you know, some things work and some things don't. Um, but, you know, just keep plugging away until you find what works best for you. It worked wonderfully for me. It absolutely did not work for him, but, you know, there are are lots of means of, of getting the word out, including word of mouth. Did word of mouth work for you? Word of mouth, I would say, was the biggest uh, <laughs> was the biggest way that our uh, the business grew. Uh, for sure, I mean, at, at one point, we the only thing we were advertising for was uh, staff. There, I, I don't think I paid for advertising after maybe 2015, and that was only because, you know, with the preschool, it was it was a, a different market, and I was having expand and meeting more kids. But even after that, it was a point that I completely, you know, no longer really had to advertise because, uh, you know, just the word of mouth was um, was just that great. And I did want to touch on a piece that you said about uh, things not working um, and how it can be discouraging. Mm -hmm. I know when I would do tours, uh, so after someone would respond to an ad or respond to, uh, you know, an email that uh, they sent from another family, um, I would meet them things, I, I would assume things were going really well, things seemed like they were going really well, and then I wouldn't hear back from them. And so then I would kind of go like, oh my goodness, do they not like me? Do they not like the space? I would always take it personally. And then, you know, maybe a year or so later, I would hear back from them and they would say, well, you know, we really loved you, but, um, you know, we went with another place that was, you know, cheaper or, um, but I'm trying to think of a couple other things that they would say cheaper, closer to work. Um, but then they were trying to enroll at that point. And so at the time, I would think that it was something that I was doing wrong. And then come to find out, you know, they they had other things that they were taking into account of why they, you know, wouldn't choose me initially. Um, and so that that definitely it took me a while to realize that, you know, don't take that personally. You know, mm -hmm. let me focus on the families that I did get. I'm not going to get everyone. So thank you for bringing up that, you know, it can be discouraging sometimes, but definitely don't give up. Exactly. And to, and to take, you know, that as constructive criticism of how right. you can actually become better. You know, it may not right. feel good to hear the criticism. Right. But, you know, if someone trusts you enough to be that open with you, then, you know, that's an opportunity to really listen and kind of suck it up and right know, and figure out what you needed to change and also and see how other people were interpreting things because that was just one or two people. But there were some people that said, well, you know, I, I didn't like the school next door. I wasn't, you know, so sure about the neighborhood mm -hmm. and different things like that. Mm -hmm. So you know, getting that feedback, even though it was hard, it was very uh, important and, and, and vital to us growing and uh studying in our market and, and different things like that. Absolutely. You know, it, I remember also towards the um, end of me practicing law, 
when I knew that I had kind of reached that point where it was time to <laughs> into something else. I had given 200% for so long and I was really ready to do something a little bit more creative and different. Mm -hmm. And I took the ad out of the Yellow Pages a year before. That's how they functioned at the time. You know, you had to, you know, plan ahead and, and schedule those ads a year ahead of the book actually being published and distributed. Wow. And, you know, I went through your sister, who was a marketing major. Um, you know, we went through this whole process of developing this whole new marketing scheme of what we were going to do and, and how, you know, we were going to do outreach. And part of that was beginning to ask clients how they had been referred, you know, to the office, whether mm -hmm. it was the Yellow Pages or, you know, a friend or family or whatever. And to my amazement, um, not only did every single person check that they had been referred to the office by a friend or an acquaintance, um, but also found out in that year after, actually a couple of years after the um, the ad was no longer in the yellow pages. We not only did not skip a beat, but actually um, because I was able to put that money back into the client's pockets, I um, reduced my fees and it actually resulted in having more business. So wow. you know, it, it's just amazing, you know, the value of word of mouth. Again, when you're dependable, when you're always there, when you provide a good product or service, people are going to share that information with other people. And that's probably the number one tool for growing a business is just, you know, being dependable and providing a good service and product. And again, treating people the way you want to be treated um, is so key. So thank you for absolutely now sharing your story um, when it comes to building a business and finding the clients that you were able to serve for all of those years. You're um, welcome. Yeah, what, so what lessons did you learn along the way? I, I'm sure, you know, we kind of talked about some in a way just a few minutes ago about, you know, some of the, you know, potential parents that, you know, did or did not like the space or, you know, whatever the situation might be. What other lessons did you learn along the way of, of building your preschool? Absolutely. So um, other than doing things right the first time and being fair and honest and uh, treating uh, people the way that you want to be treated, one of the other uh, major, major uh, lessons that I learned is just being disciplined and obedient. You know, when you first start a business and, you know, a lot of money starts rolling in, you're, you initially want to go out and buy a whole bunch of things. And, you know, at this point, you have to remember now you have taxes and payroll and lots of different things that you need to make sure that come first. And it's just really, really important to make sure that you manage your money correctly. And I would say initially, at first, that can be extremely hard to do. Um, and so, of course, you know, especially with taxes and, you know, when you have a business, especially in the city of St. Louis, uh, you your city taxes have to be current in order for you to renew your business license. And so come May, you know, if you're behind on your taxes, you're not mm -hmm. going to be able to renew your business license. And um, in, ch in the child care field, that's something that you need to do every single year when you uh, renew, well, every two years uh, when you renew your uh, business license uh, or your state license with the state of Missouri. 
Um, and so you just, it's very important to stay on top of taxes, invoices, don't be behind. I was so happy and proud that when we uh, sold St. Louis Montessori, one of the questions, you know, were, do you have any open invoices? And we did not, you know, I did not, we did not owe anyone. You know, well, <laughs> other than taxes and things like that, mm-hmm. but um, you know, we did not have any open invoices, and so I was very proud of that. But it takes time to learn that, you know, because initially you just you want to spin, 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 or you know, you're trying to mm-hmm. catch this and catch that. Um, but it's just really important to make sure you learn to manage your money, um, the money that that comes your way. That is such an important point you made. I'm so glad that you brought up the issue of taxes because it's probably the number one thing that results in a business failing mm-hmm. is you start off, you know, small in most cases. In most cases. So, exactly. And so the, the little money that's coming in you not only want to use that money and you have put way more of your time and blood and sweat and tears into building mm-hmm. the business than what you've probably been compensated. And so you want to keep every penny of that for yourself and you mm-hmm. want to reward yourself or you need it to you know, run the business or mm-hmm. your family or whatever, except that's not the way the IRS looks at no. it. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not at all. You know, they have a certain tax structure. And if you can't write off the expense as a business expense, then it becomes taxable income. And, you know, I think we delude ourselves to think, well, I'll just spend this now because I need it now and there's so little coming in. But if there's enough coming in that any portion of it becomes taxable income, and you don't pay the taxes on it from the beginning, there is rarely going to come a time during the course of your business, no matter how successful you become, that you're going to want to pay the taxes. Exactly. You have enough to not only pay the current taxes, but then also those back taxes that you postponed, which also means the penalties and the interest that accrues on those. So, you know, if there is anything that I would encourage um, someone to do in starting a business is no matter how tempting it is, as you were just saying, no matter how tempting it is to go out and just spend, 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 even if it's necessary, um, you know, go to the tax table, figure out what those business expenses are, find out what is actually taxable income and either set that money aside or send it in. And what I actually did, because I didn't feel like I was that disciplined to just sit there and let it Mm -hmm. be in an account (laughs) and send it in quarterly, I sent it in, you know, monthly. Um, And believe me, they never sent it back. So (laughs) even though, you know, they asked for um, the quarterly returns, um, you don't necessarily have to do it on a quarterly basis. Um, you can send the money in as, as frequently as right. necessary. And in, in fact, um, I would encourage doing that. Um, if, unless the IRS ever writes you back and says, please stop sending us money. <laughs> <You know? laughs> which we they will never. <laughs> which they will never do. <laughs> so, yeah, again, thank you for bringing up that point. And, you know, as we come to the end of this interview. It's been so much fun. Um, 
it's it's really been enriching for me to have this conversation with you and to launch this podcast with you um again thank you for being here i have one last question that if, yes. it, if, if you were to start over today um as particularly as a montessori preschool because that um had a lot of additional requirements for you to meet um, what would you do differently or would you do anything differently um, I would say that if I was to do anything differently, I would uh, have gotten licensed, have worked on getting licensed immediately instead of, you know, waiting that what year, year and a half and, and having all those additional uh, issues that I really did not need to have had I been <laughs> licensed. So that's something that I definitely and that kind of goes back to making sure that you always do everything right the first time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I look back on that, you know, although that was very stressful, <laughs> a very stressful time with the complaints and the neighbors, those are things that I bought on myself from not being licensed. And, you know, I recognize that, uh, you know, I can certainly admit that. And um, that is definitely something that I would do differently. Um, initially, I just really did not want to get licensed. I didn't want anyone telling me what to do. You know, I just wanted to watch kids and have fun and, you know, be a second home for families and things like that. Um, but being licensed, it, it just, you learn so much about health and safety. And there's definitely things that you learn um, being licensed that you will not learn not being licensed. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really for the health and safety of the kids. And quite honestly, it's for your, uh, you know, help with your liability uh, or minimizing your liability. And so that's definitely something that I would have uh, done differently is making sure that I got licensed that first year um, and not waiting so long. Right. And I'm sure as you found out um, that it was undoubtedly a process for those licensing agencies, whatever the business might be, whether it's plumbing or contracting or childcare, um, whatever the business might be, that it was a process for those licensing agencies to find and discover the criteria that they needed to meet or uh, the business needed to meet in order to be licensed, you know, the lawsuits um, that probably resulted, the injuries that, you know, resulted, um, that they are there to protect the consumer. And as you just mentioned, it's essentially to protect you from right. encountering a lot of problems. They are looking at the world from, you know, hundreds and thousands of businesses and seeing the mistakes and problems that have arisen for them. And that licensing process actually helps you um, prevent liabilities and problems and makes you a better business. So it, it shouldn't be something that even though, you know, it's, it's tough and it's work and it's money to obtain those licenses, they're there for a reason to protect the consumer, protect you, protect the public. And it, it's really a worthwhile process to engage in. So it again. Was. And I actually want to uh, mention one thing. And when you mentioned the expensive licensing, mm -hmm. and this uh, again goes back to investing in yourself and investing in your business. Um, and so the licensing process, even for the home daycare, was not uh, inexpensive. And so I started a cleaning business, uh, Scrubby Bubbles. 
uh, that uh, Keith and I would do on the weekends. Uh, and then sometimes he would go in the evening. And so we started a cleaning business. Um, and I also started watching kids on the weekend and overnight. And overnight, I remember that. You sure did. I, yeah, I just yesterday in order to uh, save extra money to uh, have for those licensing fees because it was, I, I want to say it cost about roughly $1,000 to get everything uh, in order for the license. Um, you know, to make sure I'm passing uh, sanitation and, and fire. Um, so yeah, I want to say it was about maybe a $1,200 overall investment, um, but it, it definitely didn't come easy. So for anyone that said, well, I don't have money, you know, a lot of times you don't have money when you start off, but you have to figure out my book, The Ultimate Guide uh, to Starting a Daycare. It gives lots of different uh, resources and ideas of different ways that you can um, raise the money. For your business, oh, not awesome. just day. Mm -hmm, for your business. Wow. So, can you repeat the title of your book again? Sure. It's uh, it's called the Ultimate Guide to Starting a Daycare, and it's available for sale on Amazon. Awesome. And and you're saying the tips in there can be applied to other businesses as well. You basically, I just right. I just give links to um, you know small business associations and different it's mainly for people in Missouri however there are some uh links that are are, are national uh, that mm -hmm. you can go back back to when you were talking about taxes and that's something that you know there's there's always resources and people to, to tell you how to or help you start a business but uh, there's not a whole whole lot of information out there and nobody really tells you about the taxes so it's like you're you're trying to uh, you, you're excited about opening the business. Um, uh, you may have some open invoices from, you know, all the things that you did opening up the business. Um, and the next thing you know, you're like, wait, what? I have to <laughs> add taxes onto this? And so a lot of times no one tells you that. I mean, I remember when we got our first call from the IRS and I was like, what? What are you talking about? And I just, it's just not something that when you first start a business, it's on your, your to-do list. It's not a priority. Sometimes you don't even think about it. You may not even know. So um, I would definitely say make sure that you um, have some good resources, someone to advocate for you. Um, and just have someone that is, is going to be there to help you manage your money, your finances, and your taxes. Having a good CPA uh, or tax attorney is extremely important. Oh, thank you for that information. And even for those links that may pertain only to Missouri, it gives mm -hmm. a person the hint of what to look for in their state. So right. know, even though that, that may be specifically for Missouri, they still know what to search for. Um, right. Their state for that as well. Um, it's also, um, you know, all of the information that you shared with us today is so important to see, you know, what it's like to start, you know, very, very small, you know, from, from babysitting <laughs> and washing cars all the way to owning a Montessori preschool with, I think, um you had a, a large waiting list by the time you sold the business and in fact mm -hmm. um we did not get to talk about the fact that you built a business that when you were ready to move on and transition into something else didn't just go away you were actually able to sell the business and yes. have a significant amount of income to then invest 
in another business as well as make your family just a little bit more comfortable. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. And so when you mentioned earlier uh, in the podcast, you mentioned uh, when you knew you were ready to move on. in life, I knew uh, after in early t- uh, 2020 that uh, it was time for me, you know, and initially and like Joe Biden said, you know, he said he wanted to give his soul to running the country. And that's what he said when he first started. And that's, I remember thinking, I was like, you know what, that's exactly what I was doing. I was, I was putting my soul into uh-huh. saying it was my day, but I felt like a part of me was you know, ready for my soul to go to something Exactly. <laughs> I can say the pandemic definitely did not help. Uh, it definitely made the decision much easier. Um, it, it was such a wonderful uh, 10 years in childcare. I'm so uh, thankful and grateful for the experience. Uh, thankful and grateful for all of our families. I think we, I think we ended up counting, we ended up having 300, and I'm sure there's a few more that uh, I'm forgetting, but I think we ended up having overall 300 kids. Uh, when we sold, there were 100 or 300 kids overall, and there was 120, I believe, on the waiting list. So, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of the business. I'm so proud of where uh, it, it got us, where we, what we were able to do with the proceeds. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm moving forward and, and so happy for the experience. It will never, ever change anything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Um, I hope that the listeners have learned a thing or two, a lot of things. I can imagine if you've never run a business, I'm sure you heard quite a bit today from Carrie's personal experience um, of of some of the do's and the don'ts, Um, but definitely the encouragement that it's possible. You know, it may be difficult and take a lot of energy to build a business and become successful, but I have a feeling it takes a heck of a lot more time and energy to be broke. So if you have to spend your time doing anything um, rather than worry about not being able to pay bills and and restricting the things that you can do with your family and telling your kids no to X, Y, and Z because you don't have it, you know, use your time and energy to benefit yourself, benefit your family, and benefit the community by using the gifts. I guarantee you, if there is anything I believe is that every single one of us is gifted, is talented, and has something that God gave us individually to share with the world. And denying that to the world, you know, not giving that gift, you know, let that light shine, you know, don't hide it under a barrel. Um, There is something that you have to give it is not easy. I think if you encounter anyone that is ever um, has achieved success in business, it's not something that's easy. But I think many of us have been in a place of not having a whole lot of money, and that equally is not easy. So you know, I, the choices to me, you know, aren't difficult. Right. No. And I wanted when you uh, you know mentioned walking in faith. Um, I, I there was a, a Joel Osteen. A YouTube video that I was watching a few Sundays ago, and it reminded me of, of what we're talking about right now. And basically, he said that you know when you're going through tough times, 
you're you're pretty you don't know what's going to happen you you have faith that things are going to change and you have faith that things are going to work out but you don't know what happens and that's how god wants it to be uh you know had i known 10 years ago that thing I, you know i had no idea where things were going to go i had no idea that we'd be here uh, you know, living nicely 10 years later, I just kept going. I just, I had trust and I had faith that it was all going to work out. But, you know, at the time you, you don't, you, you don't know, you just kind of keep going and you hope for the best. And so, you know, I definitely hope that, you know, anyone listening just keeps at it and just knows and keeps the faith and keep, and keep, just keep at it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You, you wrap this up personally. Uh, perfectly just keep at it don't give mm-hmm. up if you have that feeling within you that spirit that you want to achieve a certain thing it's not easy it's not going to happen overnight in almost any instance a lot of times people look like overnight successes but if you really look at their story if you had an opportunity to speak with them a lot of these people who have enormous success that you know have hit the limelight they mm-hmm. were at it for 10, 15, 20 years before yes. that happened. It's not necessarily, yes. um, you know, something that's going to happen quickly, but you can enjoy the journey, learn from the journey, and um, definitely the rewards of doing that are enormous. And so I think yes. we share the same sentiment of just keep at it, don't give up, your success is waiting. Thank you again so much, Carrie, for sharing today. Everyone, please share this podcast with your friends. um, And don't forget to join us often. There's a daily dose of inspiration every day, again, with wisdom from women past and present, young and old from all around the world, um, just to give you a minute or two of inspiration um, to keep on your journey. It may not even be Uh, building a business. There are all kinds of ways of fulfilling the gifts that you have. So, you know, come back and join us. We will have a new guest next week to share her journey. And in the meantime, be safe, be blessed, and keep going. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.